Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom, and welcome to the podcast where for 146 episode, we've helped you lose money. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on the NFL and UFC 281. And of course, a recap and a record check at the end of the show. We're going to have three guests on, all to make picks on the NFL. And at the end, after the gambler, our third guest is done giving his tease of the week in the NFL. We're going to have a quick discussion about the UFC 281. Big card, Madison Square Garden. So we'll get all the football out of the way first with the Pants Party Prince with his safe and spicy picks of the week. Then on to Charlie Chalk with his lock of the week. Then, like I said, Gambler with his tease of the week. Then some quick UFC talk. And then I'll recap and I'll give a record check of how we did last week. This is a long episode, so I'm not going to take any more time here. Let's get on to bet number one. Number one. Coming up first to give his safe and spicy picks of the week is the Pants Ready Prince. Pants Ready Prince, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Coming off a good week, and there's a lot of really interesting lines out there this week. So I'm really, I'm curious. I'm morbidly curious to find out what your picks of the week are going to be. And so let's start. Why don't we get into it? Let's start with your safe pick of the week. Well, it's funny because my original thought was to look at Buffalo because we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Allen. And right now it's only minus three and a half. And if you think like I do, Josh Allen's going to play, then that's a steal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's an absolute steal at minus three and a half. However, you know what? We're recording this a couple of days before Sunday. So you never know what's going to happen when this is even released. What's happening. We could get the practice report today and things could change. So that being said, I'll stay away from that because that's uh, that's an injury-related game that weighs so heavily on the best play in football right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to n- New York, or should I say New Jersey? Don't New Jersey. You, uh, <laughs> and take the New York-New Jersey football Giants mm-hmm. at minus four and a half against the Houston Texans. Um, this is not enough points, I don't think, No. for a Houston Texan team that is not good and no. a Giants team that's coming off a bye playing very well. I know they lost the most recent game, but they're playing mm-hmm. very well as a whole this season. Brian Dable is fantastic. Could he win coach of the year? I think he's got a Absolutely. really good shot. Um, yeah. I've got a, by the way, I've got a ticket for plus 1200 for Brian Dable. You know, I just, Ooh, wow. just while we're talking about that, cause let's get into the game here in a second, but like Nick Sirianni, cool, but he might have the most talented roster in football. That's great. Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one believes in the Vikings. That's totally fine. Isn't coach of the year. Shouldn't this, the idea be that the giants, we, you and I sat here in August and went, the giants are going to be one of the worst teams of football. And all of a sudden they have a tremendous winning record, you know, luck or not, who the hell cares? That's coaching. That's coaching. Like, I don't know what, what else you deserve to win coach of the year. Yeah, uh, they surprised, and the other two teams, I mean, we knew Minnesota was going to have a high-powered offense. We knew mm-hmm. they were going to complete compete for a playoff spot. I mean, yes, yeah. they have exceeded expectations so far, but we knew, or I guess everyone else except me knew, that the <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Eagles were going to be awesome. I just refused to believe it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I totally agree with you. Brian Dable should be the front-runner right now for Coach of the Year. And the Giants are just clicking. This is weird. Yeah. Like, this is it 2011? A you know, it's just weird. But I'm into it because the Houston Texans are so goddamn bad that yep. four and a half points at home does not seem like a lot. The Giants have a great home record. 
this seems like easy money to me. But again, yeah. I, I've been wrong many times in the past. <laughs> well, I, I started the podcast three weeks ago by going, who are the good teams? Who are the bad teams? And, you know, at that point, we had some better ideas that Philadelphia was looking good and Buffalo was looking good and Casey was looking good. And then you started going, but who are the bad teams? And it was really tough to say because everyone was all the teams that we thought were going to be bad, like Seattle, like the, the New York Giants are kind of good. And then you're like, but there's no worst team. I think we know now. I think we know Houston is the worst team in the league. They're actively trying to be bad. Um, yeah. And so you get that against a Giants team that has a winning record, you know, like whether it's smoke and mirrors or not. And it's only four and a half coming off a bye. Oh, this feels this feels like a cakewalk. What, what am I missing here? Yeah, it. it yeah. What are, what are we missing? What are we missing? Is there some injury we don't know about? And, you know, I will say because I haven't talked about the Buffalo game and that game is not in my uh, picks here. But. You know what? I, I did this thing. I, obviously, I'm, I'm a Buffalo fan. I'm not going to like, we're not hiding that. It's more that, you know, oh God, he might be hurt. He might, it might be 80% of Josh Allen for the rest of the year. What does 80% of Josh Allen look like on Buffalo? Might be a top five offense still. So like, still pretty it, good. Yeah, still pretty good. So like as much as the sky is falling and I'm definitely worried, we have a top three defense and maybe now a top five offense with, with Josh Allen being injured. Okay, well, let's see. You know what I mean? I know I know. everyone raced out to make their Jets bets and stuff like that for the AL, um, for the AL East, Jesus Christ, for the AFC East. Uh, I think that's, I, I would say maybe be a little bit cautious. And to be honest, the other way around is just throwing a Buffalo into division parlays with the Ravens, maybe with the Seahawks, who are still plus 150, who are not even favored in their own division right now, even though they have the best record. San Francisco still is. So I don't know. That's my only, that's my soapbox there for that one. Uh, okay, so you're going to go with the Jets minus four and a half. Uh, go the, the Giants. Oh, sorry, Jesus Christ! I said the, the Jets, Jets again. I got the Jets in my brain. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm telling my hand a little bit too much. Uh, I would say the Giants four and a half against Houston. Okay, for my first game, my safe pick of the week. I'm going to be looking at the Browns at Dolphins minus three and a half. And I must admit, I, I'm confused by this line. The preseason look ahead line, the lines that come out and they make a line on every game that comes out all 17 weeks, all 18 weeks, excuse me, was Dolphins minus five and a half. So that means this line has moved towards Cleveland. For some reason. And I really don't imagine why, right? This this feels like an overreaction to the last time we saw the Browns, which was beating up on the, the Bengals on Halloween before a bye week. And that was the high point of Cleveland's season. The Browns have played well offensively, but Miami's defense, is, you know, run defense is stout. And the pass defense has been, you know, pretty bad. But Jacoby Brissett can take advantage of that and keep it into a likely shootout. I don't know. Every time they show Miami on the red zone that I'm watching on Sunday, it's always like <laughs> Dolphins on the opposition's 30, like going in for another drive. And you're like, ah, hey, man, can anyone stop them from scoring 30 points? I don't think it's the Cleveland Browns. So I don't really understand this line. Also, for all Miami scoring, five of the six Tua wins have come by six or fewer points. They're four and two against the spread, but they're still covering at a tremendous rate. So even though their defense is bad, the offense is keeping them in these games. I don't know. The time will come to fade these Dolphins, right? But I don't think we're there yet. I, I, I like Tua to add another win and head into the bye flying high. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins minus three and a half. Yeah, I like this bet. Um, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, I think Jacoby Brissett has done well with what he's given, what he's mm -hmm. been given. Um, yep. That being said, I do not think he's going to be able to score enough points to keep up with the Dolphins. They just uh, they are clicking too well right now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah the, the defense has holes, and the Browns will be able to score points. But, yes, I mean, Waddle and Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in football right now. It's oh, ridiculous. yeah. He is the offensive player of the year. Yeah, like that, like yeah. I know MVP is a sacrosanct, it's got to be a, a quarterback, whatever, that's ridiculous, but he's the offensive player of the year. How in the world, 100%. also, we're talking about a trade between the Chiefs and the Dolphins, where both teams won? How is that possible? Both teams look just as good, and or better. 
Yeah, I think the only reason for that is because of Patrick Mahomes. Because well, yeah, I think if he wasn't the quarterback, then I think the Dolphins really won that trade. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Justin Jefferson get traded from the Vikings to the Dolphins, and they're like Jeff- Jefferson looks good, and the Vikings look just as good. Like, no, yeah, that probably is <laughs> not true. Uh, okay, there you go. So lay, lay it on us. Give us uh, your spicy pick of the week. Well, I might get ridiculed for this one, Andrew, mm. but um, S A T U R D A Y. Hey, what? It's Jeff Saturday time. <laughs> In Indianapolis. And you know what? <laughs> Rock Bottom, they yeah. could not have fallen worse. Rock Bottom is 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 a step up from where the Colts were a couple right. days ago. Um, where can they go from here? Only up. Who are they playing? A team that's super shitty as well. Oh, God. Here's why I think the Colts are going to cover. Okay. Jonathan Taylor is back. Yes, he's playing. Practicing. I'm pretty sure he's going to play this week and the Raiders have the worst run defense in the league. That's step one. Yep. Step, step one. two is I think Jeff Saturday <laughs> is going to take a couple heads out of a couple people's asses because mm. this team was just out of sorts. Out of sorts. I mean, yes, Frank Reich is a great guy and, and has great schemes and has done very well with what he's been giving over the past six years, but he had lost the room yep. a long time ago. Uh, I don't know where the Colts were. I don't know what's going to happen to them. I think we're going to see, you know, a pretty big fall here. Yeah. But the Raiders are really, really shitty. Yeah, they're really bad. And I don't think the Raiders are going to be blowing anyone out. <laughs> I think this is going to be a close game. Yeah. The Colts are going to be riding some sort of kick in the ass over the next week or two before they right. come back down to earth. Um, you know what? This might be stupid. Oh. But, hey. That's what betting is, right? So yeah. uh, I'm going to take the Colts plus six. Sorry, plus six and a half. Six and I'm a half. That extra half point. Uh, we'll see what happens. Jeff Saturday season, baby. I, 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 I love this. I love this. If you had told us before the season that the Raiders and the Colts are going to be playing in week 10, you're like, whoa, hey, pretty good game. Well, that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I got it. we got to remind ourselves, next August when we're doing the preseason bets, Going, well, this is a lock, that's a lock, this is a lock. You know what I mean? you got to remind ourselves that the Indianapolis Colts and a few other teams, these teams that make the playoffs and don't, and then subsequently don't make the playoffs next year, that happens with half of the playoff roster. And you just don't imagine it to be such such a drop. But, uh, but you know, they're clearly in free-fall mode. But there's so much talent on this team. This team should be so much better. And that's what you'll be betting on for six and a half points there. Yeah, I mean, the defense is still playing out of the minds. Like, mm-hmm. that's what people, I think, don't realize about the Colts is the defense is still playing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense is the worst in the league. The yeah, worst. Really bad. Terrible offensive line. Obviously, the quarterback, he's making his third start ever this Sunday. You can't really expect much from Sam Ellinger. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor has not been healthy. And he's coming back against a team that I think he's going to be able to feast on. So it's a good game for him to come back and Take some points on the Colts. Wow, they're not giving you nothing. No, I know. It's funny that Jim Irsay, you know, so badly did not want to become his father and is now becoming his father so fast. Like, like he, Jim Irsay Sr. used to come down like seven bourbons deep and be like, change the quarterback, and then wouldn't remember in the second half that he asked the guy to do it. And now, and Jim Irsay Jr. was like, I'm never doing that. And now he's like, play Sam Ellinger. I swear to God, yeah. or I'm going to fire you. Um, um, <laughs> I think we're going to see Matt Ryan this season. I, I think I, if Matt... I think if he was healthy, he's not even practicing right now. He's still got a great two-shoulder sprain. I think we'd be seeing him this week, but uh, he's still not practicing. I think when he's healthy, we'll get – I think Jeff Saturday wants Matt Ryan under center for sure. 
for sure. I would, I would, to be honest, I would hope so. I think Matt Ryan's had a great career and it would kind of suck for him to go out like this with like inter organizational issues and stuff like that instead of actual play. Cause God knows we're not getting anything out of Sam Ellinger. So, okay. Uh, there you go. The Indianapolis Colts plus six and a half. That's an expression. I didn't think I'd say today. All right. So I'm going to be <laughs> next game. I'm going to be looking at is the saints who are favored minus three on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. So the Steelers got a week off. Finally, this offense finally got a chance to give rookie uh, Kenny Pickett a week off to practice uh, because he came in midseason uh, after pivoting a mid game, even on the fly. Right. And even more importantly, Pittsburgh's defense got a lot healthier. It looks like TJ Watt is playing and that's great. And that changes everything. Pittsburgh yeah. secondary also got healthier after missing, you know, one to three starters in every game that Pickett has started pretty much. So besides that, are we really making the New Orleans Saints road favorites? Are we Like, this team is three and six, and two of the wins come in final minutes, and New Orleans could barely even move the ball against the Ravens on Monday night, and now they get a short week against a rested opponent, and they're road favorites? I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's got crazy numbers. I could give you a lot of crazy numbers. He's 11-4 off the bye, blah, 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 39-16 against the spread. As a dog from week five forward, it's all these very specific things. Just trust me when I say Mike Tomlin is very good when you gamble with him. So why not this against a terrible New Orleans team? I just, you really want to spend your hard-earned money with Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen? Like, I, I don't. So I'm going to be taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three, and I'm going to be taking the money line plus 125. And I will say, do not get mad at me right now because you're going to come out there. Once you hear my voice, you're going to be like, oh, what the, Andrew, this is only plus one or something like that. It's like, well, you should have bet with me earlier in the week. That's on you. So, because I swear yeah. to God, this three is going to disappear so, so fast. I'm taking Pittsburgh plus three. Yeah, I'd be taking the money line as well on this one. This is a mm-hmm. trap game for New Orleans if I've ever seen one. Uh, it's hard to win in Pittsburgh. I know the Steelers suck ass. Yep. Uh, I know the line sucks ass. I know the running back sucks ass. Yep. And the quarterback can't get it to their receivers who drop the ball and suck ass. But yeah, <laughs> TJ Watts coming back, that is a huge factor. And you know what? Andy Dalton does not do it for me. If you said, if the New Orleans Saints said Jameis Winston is going to start this game, then I would think differently and yes, say absolutely. maybe... I would be taking the Saints here. Mm-hmm. He gives them a chance. He pushes the ball downfield. These seven to nine yard plays over and over from Andy Dalton. I understand Alvin Kamara's feasting. He's the only one on the offense yeah. that gets any sort of value with Andy Dalton under center. But you've got this diamond in the rough. Not the rough. Everyone knows about him. Chris Olave is fantastic. Oh, yeah. He might be the best work, uh, rookie receiver coming out of this class. Use him. Jameis does. Andy does not. He still targets him, but he doesn't push the ball. He doesn't stretch the ball downfield like he can with this yeah. amazing talent at wide yeah. receiver. Um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh coming off a bye. I don't think we're going to see wild numbers. Like, I don't think this is Najee Harris going off for 100 yards. I don't no. think this is Deontay Johnson just exploding, finally getting in the end zone <laughs> for the first time this year. But I think this is going to be a low-scoring, shitty-ass game that the Pittsburgh Steelers come out on top. I, I'm, I'm a- with you there. It's a real Pittsburgh Steelers kind of game. Oh, that's amazing. Um, oh, wait. Oh, wait. What did I say like last week or two weeks ago? I said something like the Vikings and someone else were going to score like 65 points and the final score was like 17 to 14. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I can't say anything. I took the Green Bay Packers last week. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how well we're doing over here at Losing Money Headquarters. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand this. Andy Dalton, I think the only reason you, you play him is because you want people to protect the ball. You want to play a conservative gameplay. But he's had two or more picks in the last three games. So I just don't really understand. You're not getting the upside, but you're still getting all the negatives. Just play Jameis Winston, unless he's yeah. really hurt, but he's in pads. So you, like, if he had to play, he would. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I get, don't it get it either. I thought when he was healthy, he was going to go. But yeah, now me too. I, I, 
I'm not sure what's yeah. happening. Yeah, it turns out Dennis Allen, like we said in the preseason, not a good, not a good head coach. Uh, <laughs> okay, so there you go, Pittsburgh Steelers plus three and the money line plus one twenty five for my spicy pick of the week, the Pittsburgh Prince. Thank you so much for coming on. We hope you have fun losing money this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, I will. You take it easy. Bet number two. Coming up with his lock of the week is the one, the only, Charlie Chalk. Charlie Chalk, how you doing? Andrew, I'm just doing fine. Great week oh, coming up. A lot of football yeah. going on. A few guaranteed wins for your <laughs> listeners. Classic Charlie Chalk talk. But you know what? I will say, a little sneak peek to our record check. You and I were the only ones with winning records last week. So you know what? We should listen to you. We should say no you more so. and listen. I'm, Here you exactly. go. Everyone, yeah, the teachers in school, everyone shut up and listen. All right, here we go. Charlie, lay it on us. Where are you well, going with your lock of the week? Well, this might find a surprise. It's not chalky chalky, but <laughs> no. I do love the Chicago Bears minus mm. two and a half <laughs> against the hapless Detroit Lions. Okay, interesting. So, uh, funny enough, I am going to be talking about this game as well for my pick. So, where, why do you like the Chicago Bears minus two and a half right now against the Detroit Lions? Well, for a number of reasons. First of all, okay. if we jump right to it, obviously mm-hmm. Justin Fields is is yeah. improving. He's a running quarterback, but he's yeah. he, their offense, as far as running goes, is incredible. And incredible. who are they playing? Detroit, or second last in rushing defense. Well, yeah, well, well. Yeah. I mean, he had a heyday last week with Miami. He, he's yeah. going to run and run and run. And it's very obvious if he chooses to pass. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can uh, clay pulls a, another week into it. They traded yeah. for a second pick. He is a good, good receiver. Um, yeah. That's only going to help Fields again. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, Charlie, though, you know, last week, I, I hate to bring this up, but you were two and one last week and your one loss was the one game that you and I disagreed on. And you know who won that game? You know who won, who won me money? The Chicago Bears. You disagreed with the Chicago Bears last week, but you're a convert this week because of the game against Miami? Well, I, 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 they deserve to win that game. Um, they did. And, and you're absolutely right. I are. So yeah. I, I, I'm sorry about that, but I, I am converting. I am. <laughs> they look good. Too, well, They're you can apologize home. to the Chicago Bears. And yeah. um, you know what? Golf is terrible. <laughs> I mean, they started oh, off fine. It's terrible. almost misleading that uh, Detroit has two wins. But, you know, just yeah. think Goff in the last four games, he's had four interceptions and three touchdowns. Mm. Now, that's not going <laughs> to scare very many people. That's not good. He averaging 12 good. points in the last four games. Chicago is getting better, even though they did, they don't have a, uh, a winning record, but they've got 31 yep. points average in the last three games, all because right. of one guy. Yeah, it honestly is. It is because of that one guy. And, you know, funny enough, you know, my last week, too, I had Green Bay over Detroit. So Detroit's coming off a of one. They're on a one-game winning streak right now. We should all respect their name a little bit. But, God, I'm never betting on Green Bay ever again because Detroit screwed me. So it's funny that all our chickens are coming home to roost. We t- we had Chicago last week. We had Detroit and uh, Green Bay last week. And now here we go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking about this as well because this is my game. Screw, screw all that. I'm taking the over. Let's go, baby. Let's go 47 and a half. Let's go over. You know why? Because these are the two worst defenses in football. They both break <laughs> at the bottom six in rushing and passing DVOA. Both. The Lions allow 29.3 points per game, most in the NFL, and the Bears are rapidly catching up since they uh, traded Rokon Smith and Robert Quinn. Also, the Lions averaged 52.8 points per game in the last five games, and the Bears are at 52. So 52 and 52, what are we going to get here? Of course, we're going to go over 50, 47 and a half. I just don't feel like I want to play a side right now because I'm just going to be cheering for scoring. Well, uh, 
I can't, I can't argue with you, but I, no, they, I know, you right? are, you're absolutely right. Very, very weak. I just look at, yeah. you know, Detroit last week, remember, you, you know, they played Green Bay. They had three interceptions inside the red zone. This game yes, was a Green Bay win all over. Detroit mm-hmm. shouldn't mm-hmm. even be, they are a terrible team. And yeah. really they had, they can't, no, again, here we go. No coaching, no quarterback. And uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. There we go again. But Chicago has really, really turned into a pretty decent team. They're three, one and one in the, in the last five games against us. Yeah. Why wouldn't they make another one? So I, I, I don't see it. This is going to be more than a field goal. And if you say it's a mm-hmm. shootout, I don't think Detroit will get much more than 14. So it looks like Chicago is going to cover <laughs> easily. A lot of carry on Chicago there, too, for the over. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's funny. It's an over due to ineptitude. It's an over because Chicago's offense is looking better. Absolutely. But both defenses are just garbage. So, there we go. So, for for Charlie Chalk, he's got the Bears minus two and a half, and I have a 47 and a half over. Wow, so, Charlie... Over bets. What? I didn't know. But Why? I'll go with you know it. what? Only when only when they, you know, grace me with their presence. Only when they're like, oh my goodness, how could I not pass that up? And by the way, anytime I've ever said that out loud, like it's too good to be true, I always lose. So there we go. Uh Charlie, do you uh grace us? Speaking of gracing us, you grace us with another pick? I'll give you one more, just it okay. seems pretty obvious though. Uh, mm. hmm, let me think. Who would okay. who what team, what team doesn't have a coach? Oh. Offensive coordinator, quarterback, yeah. running mm. back. That seems like a team that I'd bet against. I'm going to take the Raiders <laughs> minus four and a half at home. Yeah. Against the coachless Indy Colts. Anyone take uh. Indy is not paying attention this year, <laughs> Mr. Pizza Man. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, this is you. a lot. I got to get you on the phone with the Pants Money Prince. Uh, yeah, so there we go. And just and just to explore the the power of our sponsor, the BetStamp app, you know, you can, you can explore lines. So the Pants Money Prince got it at six. Charlie Kachok gets it at four and a half. Those both exist in the same world. So there we go. So you're going to be taking four and a half with Vegas. You know, honestly, I, you know, hard to argue. Like, what, like, there's nothing going on for Indy right now, but... God, it just it's something about this scares me because Vegas also not good, not a good team, right? Vegas was a playoff team, and they do still have a good coach, even though he's not doing anything for them. Carr used to be reasonably good. They picked up one yep. of the best, if not the best, receiver in football. It's about time. Let's go. Yeah, no, I am right there with you. Talking about pe- teams without coaches, Josh McDaniel will not have a job very soon if this is the way it goes. So there you go. Charlie Chalk, thank you very much for your picks. Have fun losing money, and we'll talk to you next week. Lock it in, Andrew. Time to read some ads. Now word from our sponsor and an app I use all the time, Betstamp. Here at Losing Money, we use Betstamp all the time. You, you've heard me bring it up during this episode. I get the guests to look at the BetStamp app and find the best numbers possible. You know, you're going to hear it. To, you already heard it. You know, Charlie Jock and Panzerite Prince are on two different sides of the same game, and they have two different numbers, one that helps each other. Like, it's incredible. No more no more searching. No more 20 tabs open. No more all these books. You, you can look on the app, find the number you like, and be taken right to that book to place the wager. Easy as that. And if you're using the BetStamp app, please use the promo code LMWAB to help support the podcast and tell them Losing Money with Andrew Bascom sent you. Also, we're making picks there every day, so we're little honest boys. If you want to see how we're doing, check the BetStamp app today. So many reasons to go there. What are you doing? You're on your phone right now. You're listening to this podcast. Download it today. Bet 
number three. And to round out this episode, we have the tease of the week himself, the one, the only, the gambler. Gambler, how you doing? Not too bad. I, I, I truthfully, I feel a bit mm-hmm. chilly. I feel oh. the uh, the frigid, the cold winds of winter. <laughs> uh, the last couple of weeks have oh, uh, have cooled us off. So I'm looking uh, to put another uh, put a log on there this week <laughs> to warm things up. There we go. Put a log on the fire to stay hot. And you know the only way we're going to do that is we find out your tease of the week, where you're going to put together a teaser for us so we can win some money. What is your tease of the week going to be this week? We're doing a three-game six-point tease, okay. trying to get mm-hmm. some decent positive odds, getting plus 160 on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first game is the international game. Ah. NFL international, you know, bullshit uh, program <laughs> bullshit. or whatever the hell initiative. Yeah, it's just <laughs> such a crock. Nobody in Europe oh, gives a shit about uh, American um, But, I mean, listen, Seattle has been a profitable team. Yeah, uh, they've yeah. been a oh, darling, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna whip that horse uh, <laughs> to death. Uh, so you've got Seattle, right? Yeah. getting three on yeah. neutral field against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I like this one because who is who are the Bucks to be a favorite on a neutral field, right? I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. it's a dumpster fire. And with the tease, we're getting Seattle as a plus nine, which is never never a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, Seahawks fourth in, in DVOA over the last five games. They've won four straight by double digits, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, and then conversely, I mean, the Bucks are bad, right? They just yeah, don't look right. The offense, the offense, the offense looks terrible, especially when they're away. Uh, they've really racked up a lot of injuries on defense. So I don't see the Bucks as having this, you know, elite, elite defense. Um, and if you go and look at the Bucks wins, they're all ugly. Like they're just yeah, scraping yeah. by, um, you know, they're, they're Owen four when they allow 20 or more points. And that kind of ties into the earlier stat that Seattle's winning by, you know, double digits often. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all those reasons, Seattle plus nine, I feel good about it. Fuck Tom, well, uh, yeah. fuck Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, fuck Tom Brady always forever. That's what my tattoo says. So, and then on top of that, you know, you don't need to tell me anything about Seattle. I've been betting on Seattle every week. And I and I have marginally a little bit more money than I did the previous week, so that's been working out for me, and that's that's great. So no argument here. I like that Seattle, and and also Germany. You're welcome. This one's for you, baby. Way to go! Everyone gets to be up at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to watch the Bucks play the Seahawks. Fantastic that's from right. Germany. All right, where are we going with your second game? Uh, game two, we're we're going back to another team that was mm. profitable early. And then, yeah. and then we, I think, really started having to fade them. But I just love them in this spot, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home as a home dog. I mean, oh. Tomlin as a home dog, right? What, what yeah. can you, what else can you say, right? Mm-hmm. Tomlin off of a bye is eleven and four straight up. Yep. Uh, Tomlin as an underdog after week five is 39, 16 and one that's mm-hmm. uh, against the spread 71%. And this is the one that matters most Tomlin at home as an underdog 14, two and one against the spread. That's 80%. Yep. And he has nine straight covers, uh, and seven of those were straight up wins. So, I yep. mean, it's, you know, TJ Wadded, it's uh, TJ yep. Wadded supposedly back. Pickett finally having a week to prepare. Um, 
I, I'm not saying Pittsburgh wins. I think this is a close game. I think Pittsburgh covers. I, I actually, this is a bet that I like Pittsburgh straight up. Just give me Pittsburgh plus three. Give me Pittsburgh plus nine. I think if you take Pittsburgh plus three, you almost have to sprinkle the money line. Yep, I'm yep. all in on Tomlin this week. Hey, no argument here. I made that pick earlier in the week, and I, I said almost the exact same things. You know, you like Tomlin uh, off a of bye. You like to pick it, you know, who was put in mid-game as a rookie and now gets a, a bye week. And I love the money line as well. So there we go. You're getting six extra points just because you're feeling fancy. So that's great. Those are two games. Where are you going with your third one? Third game, we're, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, and I'm looking at the Eagles. Um, I, I know we've been burned already by uh, teasing a favorite it's it's kind of a you know don't do 101 but I, I just I honestly could not look away at this game because of how good Philly is and how honestly broken Washington is um, right. you know right. you're teasing Philly down from a from a minus 10 and a half mm-hmm. to a minus four and a half so as long as they cover you know it doesn't even have to be you know touchdown it can be it can be two field goals but you know yep. Yep. basically Philly by a touchdown um, the Eagles are getting a, over a week of rest. The The Eagles have won six of their last eight by eight or more points, which really makes, makes us feel good about the minus four and a half. And let's not forget that they beat Washington 24, nothing in the first meeting. I don't see how a team like Philly that has been so dominant that absolutely eviscerated this team is now going to, you know, go home and 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 play a nail biter not to mention philly's the best team in football in the first half offensively and defensively both sides of the ball so i see philly coming out to a big lead by the way if you want to talk about profit Mm. look at those philly halftime spreads yeah the houston one was painful but if you look at philly over the course this season they are covering those halftime spreads so so take a look at that i think the last time i saw it it was uh, Philly minus six and a half. So I, I'm, I'm going to be looking at that. Yeah. Um, but I just see Philly jumping up to a big lead and I don't see them looking back. So I feel good about, you know, as the third pick, Philly minus four and a half. Well, there we go. So there's your three games, uh, three game tease, excuse me, six points. Looking at minus 160. So mine, mine easy, easy enough. Plus 160, excuse me. Uh, mine's going to be easy enough. I also am on a three T's win streak, I just want to say. So officially cursing this one to lose. But I'm going to go with a two-game, <laughs> six-and-a-half-point T's for a minus 130. Nice and conservative because I know losing is, you know, like the Grim Reaper is following me around every day. I'm going to be starting also with the Philadelphia Eagles. So six-and-a-half points going all the way down to four. Uh, yeah, Washington's not good, you know. And I think Philadelphia does need this spread, though. You know, they just placed... What is the worst team in the league? Houston last week and didn't cover the 11 and a half. So I think getting 10 and a half against Washington, who definitely has more zip uh, and more talent than Houston does. I think bringing it down definitely works, but you're just, you're betting on the better team. So everything you said, I totally agree with cosine Philadelphia Eagles minus four against Washington. The second game, this is purely out of spite and purely because I am a vengeful, vengeful man. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to a plus one from a minus five and a half at Green Bay. Green Bay, you really screwed me last week. You suck. I hate you so much. I'm so done with you. I hope Dallas buries you. I hope Michael Parsons just uh, just haunts your dreams all day long. Dallas Cowboys plus one, who might be the second best team in the NFC. So there we go. Uh, that's just easy as that. Two games, six and a half points, minus 130. I, I mean, I think, you know, it, you're seeing something truly unique in... Mm-hmm 
the dynasty of, you know, Rogers, Brady, you know, Breeze, Breeze already retired, but, you know, Brady, Brady finally turned around. Uh, but Rogers, I mean, what, what if the Packers lost four straight? And, and I mean, when was the last time you saw Rogers throw yeah. a pick, let alone two picks in the red zone? I mean, it's, it's, there's something bad in the water in Green Bay. There's oh, yeah. something bad in that water. And Rashawn Gary's out, and and Dobbs is out, and now it's, it's it just feels like oh oh pack it in time to go home and try and get a draft pick. Uh, yeah, this not a, not a good team. And Dallas is really good. I don't care that they're Green Bay. I think I think Green Bay hates their team just as much as we do. So uh, there we go. Easy enough. Dallas and Philadelphia. So those are going to be our teases of the week. But you know, I'd be remiss. I have the gambler on. He's the guy that we always talk to when we talk to MMA. And there's a pretty big MMA card live from New York, Madison Square Garden, this Saturday. So if you can hear our voices and it's before Saturday, here are the bets that we're going to be making. Gambler, where do you want to start here? What, do you have any feelings on this card a little bit? You know, I I, I, I looked at the top three fights mm-hmm. um, yeah. in this one. And I, I, I guess starting with uh, Dustin Poirier, yeah. Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. um, which I think will likely be the premier fight on the card yeah, in terms think, of just its entertainment value. Yeah, Ariel Hawani has the People's Championship belt, and I think this is that card. Like, this is the one where people are like, oh, oh, no one, like, no one is going up to the bathroom during the Poirier-Chandler fight. You know what I mean? So I completely am with you. I think this is the fight that has the, you know, the highest chances of being a highlight fight. So, so where are you feeling on this one? I mean, I, I just feel like in these moments, in these situations, Dustin Poirier rises to the occasion. Yeah. And yeah. as as good as Michael Chandler has looked mm-hmm. uh, and as entertaining as he is, yeah. I just look at Poirier's fight against Eddie Alvarez. I look at Poirier's fight against um, Justin Gaethje. Yeah. These are elite level guys that were on win streaks, guys that are nearly impossible to finish. Mm-hmm. And I just, Poirier has that, you know, not even sixth gear, like seventh gear, yeah. right? Like just yeah, when it, yeah. when you're, when you're in that fifth round, that fourth round, and he's been in these absolute wars, he just finds a way. Yeah. So for that reason, the, the one that stood out to me is, Poirier inside the distance. Oh. Uh, it's tracking uh, on most sports books as a plus 110, plus 115. Okay. I don't know. He just, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to get a ton of value off the money line. I mean, it's no, not terrible, no. but, you know, it's hovering minus 230, minus 240. Yep. Yep. I just, That's I don't know. Poirier seems to finish these just brutal fights. So I like. Poirier inside the distance at again plus one ten plus one fifteen. You know what? It's funny. You you and I are kind of on the same page here, but we're going to get a different result. I also like Justin Poirier in this fight. I think Mark Chandler's really 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 talented, but I think he ultimately will be a gatekeeper of some kind in his second half of his career now, and not the guy holding the belt. He'll always be the bridesmaid, not the bride. And I think Dustin Poirier has got that dog in him. You know, if you look at an X ray, there is some dog in that uh, in that rib cage. And I think I think Dustin Poirier shows up for these fights. But the problem is, and it's kind of like another fight that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. If you like one thing, you like the other thing. So, like, there's ways to make your bets and stagger them a little bit. And for me, I like Dustin Poirier by decision. It's only the three rounds. It's not the five rounds. And so you got Poirier running by decision at plus 300. And to cover yourself a little bit, I'm going to say an over one and a half rounds at minus 135. Now, 
I do that just because Chandler's real skill, even though he's a great wrestler, he's a very good wrestler. Uh, he has, he's going to come out in fifth gear. He's going to come out with the gas on the floor and then burn himself out in one round. Like he always does and tries to go for a knockout. And then he'll get to the, he'll get to the stool and go, Oh shit, we got to do that a couple more times. Don't we? And you're like, yeah, Michael, you do. It kind of sucks. And Dustin Poirier is like an endurance runner. So I just, I think if you like Poirier in my mind, I'm thinking decision. So plus 300 and over one and a half rounds because Michael Chandler doesn't, has never figured out that there's more than one round in a fight. I, I think the one and over one and a half rounds is absolutely clutch because mm-hmm. even though, like you said, Michael Chandler is is going to absolutely come out swinging. Yeah, Poirier is nearly impossible to finish. Right. So right. I I think the over one and a half is is absolutely solid. Okay. Well, there we go. So the Poirier fight. Do you have any thoughts on the other fight, the Carlos Barza uh, Zangwelli fight? Absolutely. I honestly, okay. I think this is a horrible, horrible matchup for Carlos Barza. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> that if they, it honestly, I don't know if there's a worse matchup for her in this division simply yeah. because her bread and butter is, you know, traditional wrestling and yeah. Zhang Wei Li is a beast. She, yeah, she's awesome. traditionally a striker but she can grapple. There's a video of her lifting Francis Naganu off the ground. Oh she my is, God. it's insane. Everyone who's fought her has said they're just absolutely overwhelmed by her strength. So I, I don't see Carla Sparza really being able to take her down. And if she yeah. does take her down, I do absolutely do not see her holding her down. Mm-hmm. The challenge for me is, you know, Wei Lee has so many tools in her toolbox. Yes. Um, I, I, I do think she will finish this fight. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how, so I'm going to kind of stick with the with the same philosophy as the previous fight. And I like uh, Zhang Wei Li inside the distance, and I'm getting that as a plus 115. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, very similar bet. Wei Li inside the distance, it's five rounds. And again, I just think it's a horrible matchup for Carla. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Exactly the same thinking, and this time we are on the same page result-wise. I think, I, I do, Whaley throws a ton of punches. Just, just, there's, she just, the output is so high. And yes, some of them could be a little soft punchy, some of them could be like leather to skin, and I totally get that. But, you know, the KOTKO is a plus 120 right now, and for odds that are as high as they are right now with... Whaley running off at a minus 425 to as far as his plus 315 to get plus numbers on a finish I think is pretty good but I agree with you uh it's tough to pick which one it's going to be um and then so the the bigger bet of the two that I really like would be the under four and a half rounds at minus 120 only minus 120 a lot can happen in a five-round fight because this is a championship fight uh I think that's the bigger bet that I would be stacking it with but you know a small bet on the KO TKO plus 120. No, I love it. Yeah. Again, and that that under four and a half rounds, you're getting decent odds on that. I think that's a very safe bet. I, I really have a hard time seeing this fight go the distance, so I like that one too. Yeah, there we go. And we're going to get to the main event now. We're going to get to Israel Adesanya. Excuse me. We're going to get to Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. You know, this is an interesting one because it felt like they were force feeding it for a while when you'd hear, you know, one of the announcers be like, Alex Pereira in the undercard, the only person to beat Israel Adesanya. And you're like, okay, all right, cool. And then they they feed Steve, they feed Strickland up on a platter uh, to Pereira. And you're like, oh, he's going to kill him, isn't he? He's like, yeah, he's going to kill him. Okay, cool. This felt predestined to do it. And yet, and yet I hate that kind of automatic narrative. And yet I am really excited for this fight. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you 100% that I, I feel that, you know, they were basically just waiting for 
Pereira to get like a couple of wins, doesn't yeah. matter over who, uh, so that they could basically sell this or make this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that this is a, a pretty, I don't know, kind of tired narrative that, that the UFC has pulled where they have a, a perennial champion and they find somebody who has some type of, you know, either win or or just yeah. anything to dangle over top of yes. them and they just blow it up. I mean, you know, it, it, this one is, is a little bit better than some where Pereira has beaten Izzy twice. And, and I mean, one of those knockouts, like, absolutely turned his lights off. Oh, yeah. But that was, I mean, I don't even know. I think maybe almost a decade ago right. in a different sport, different style of fighting. And... I, I just feel, again, this narrative of like, oh, you know, he's beaten him twice. He's got his number. It's like Israel Adesanya is one of the most dominant champions currently in all of mixed martial arts. Yep. And yep. in almost all of his fights, with the exception of his fight with Gastelum before he became champion, or or when he moved up in weight and fought Jan Blauschowitz, and I mean, he oh, gave right. up yeah. probably close to 20, <laughs> 30 pounds. Yeah. Outside of those two fights, he doesn't take damage. Not only does he not take no. damage, he doesn't get hit. When he no. fought Paulo Costa, everyone, oh, Paulo Costa, deadly. <laughs> Paulo Costa didn't even touch him. Cannoneer, no. oh, Cal- Cannoneer, so much bigger than him. Didn't touch him. I just think that it's it's a good narrative. I think this fight goes like most of Izzy's fights, where Izzy stays on the outside. He knows what to look for against Pereira. Pereira is a very traditional kickboxer. Mm-hmm. I think I think Izzy picks him apart from the outside. I, I'd be curious to see if Izzy mixes in some grappling. I mean, he did somewhat yeah. grapple with Yo Romero. Um, yeah, this was a hard one to 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 bet on, just because again, it's Clearly. hard to see a, a a clear method of victory. So I kind of I'm going to throw out a few here. I actually okay. like the Izzy money line. It's at 200. I don't think you're going to get better value yeah. uh, right. on a dominant champion like Izzy. So I am going to take the Izzy money line. I'm also going to take the uh, over two and a half rounds, which I'm seeing uh, at about a minus 280, or sorry, minus 200, minus 180 on some sports books. Okay. So again, not the greatest odds, but I think that's very safe. And I'm going to sprinkle. Uh, a little bit on the fight. Uh, in fight does not go the distance, uh, oh. which you can get at plus one twenty right now. Oh. And, and then that way you you know that way you cover yourself for like the backdoor Matt Sarah type upset knockout yeah. if Prayer yeah. catches him a third time. So those are three I'm throwing up for this fight. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think this is the this is the trifecta of the things I was looking at. If you, I completely. That is the bet I was going to say to you. Over two and a half rounds. That is the one. Because this is the this is the marker for me of you throwing Izzy into parlays, which I definitely am. And because uh, I like Israel Asani in this fight. I think this Pereira thing is like absolutely completely short-sighted. I, I think he's he's old, like for for a, for a UFC fighter for with little experience. And, and Israel Asani has been doing this not only longer, but better than him. You know, like, don't get me wrong. Like the, the, uh, that left... Like, what is that left short hook he's got that he just turns really quickly is incredibly scary and dangerous. And Israel Sanya should avoid Pereira's left sharp hook as much as he can. But Israel Sanya does this amazing thing where he's not taking down anybody ever in his career. And yet you know what he's going to do and he's still impossible to, to catch. 
I, I love that people have now kind of turned against him where, you know, in the last fight, he comes out to the Undertaker entrance and the people are like, that's the best part of that fight. And I think I was one of the people that said that, by the way. But you kind of lose perspective. I'm saying he is an incredibly dominant champion and we're very lucky to have him. He's an interesting personality in a sport that doesn't have a lot of interesting personalities. And he does this thing that is so frustrating. It's, and I think it's frustrating for fans at home too. You know what he's going to do and no one can stop him doing it. I just think I think we're getting put in the cart in front of the horse. And I think the numbers being only minus 210 to plus 170 right now are like, I think wildly, I think, I think they're way wildly out of whack. Excuse me. I think if you saw more like a, a Zangwe Leaf minus 425, you're like, uh, okay, maybe I'm going to sprinkle some stuff on, on Alex Pereira. But I think it being minus 200, minus 210, uh, I've seen as low as minus 204 right here from my bookie. I, I, I think you have to go with Israel. And I love the over two and a half. And I, to be honest, I think it's another frustrating fight in MSG where everyone just kind of boos for some reason, even though Israel Sanya walks out of there looking like he didn't take a single shot. I like it by a decision at plus 125 right now as well, and the over two and a half rounds. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're Israel Adesanya, you have everything to lose, right? Yes. This is a guy that has beaten you um, in the past, so people are holding that over your head. The last thing you're going to do is take the bait and stand and trade with this guy, right? Izzy's... Yeah, yeah too smart uh, of, of a fighter to do that. So I think the alternative is, yeah, he stays on the outside. He uses his movement. Yep. He uses his range and he picks his shots. And, and that likely will translate absolutely into a decision victory uh, and, and not some highlight reel knockout or finish that people are hoping for. But again, he's the one that has everything to lose. Prayer is nothing to lose. Prayer is, you know, fighting one of the most dominant champions coming off of, I think, two fights in the UFC. So, you know, in, in his case, it's pretty much, you're not expected yeah. to win this fight, so. Totally, and you know, I think the only thing I'd say is that the thing that people get on Adesanya's case for is this lack of urgency. He just doesn't have any urgency, and you totally get that, but I think there's two things that kind of combat that narrative a little bit. First of all, he's facing a guy that's beaten him, so I think there is a sense of urgency there where you go, I know this guy can knock me out. Okay, so I feel like I have to be at least putting a, having a little bit of output instead of dancing around a little bit, and I think the second one is one of his good friends, his country mate, and somebody he trains with, uh, just got his head knocked in in the fifth round. And so I think, you know, Usman's knockout, he's the pound-for-pound pound champion of the world at the time. I think his one of those, like, reality checks for someone like Israel Sani to go, oh, shit, maybe I really should, you know, not just walk myself to a decision. Maybe I should knock somebody out, you know? I, and I... I I, you could see it in this one when we know prayer is going to be putting him, you know, putting himself out there. You know, there's going to be some strikes where he can get caught. So I just, I think there is a chance that this, this could be the one where you're like, oh shit, this is the Izzy that we love. This is the really good one. And yet my bet is decision. So there we go. That's my, that's my total thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, think though the, the Usman example is, is extremely relevant because yeah. It's not just that Usman was the pound-for-pound pound king, and it's not mm -hmm. just that it was the fifth round. Is that Usman had dominated, with the exception of maybe half yeah. of the first round, where, yeah, where yeah. to uh, uh, to his opponent's credit, he he did get him down, which I don't think I don't think Usman had ever been taken down before. But yeah. outside of that, Usman dominated every single minute of that fight. Absolutely right. dominated. And, and it yep. reminded us that that's one of the beautiful things about this sport is that, you know, you could be dominating somebody for 23 minutes and they catch you with a kick and the fight's yeah, over. Edwards, yeah. So I, I just think that if you're Israel, yeah, you, you, you probably do want to go to the, for the finish to make a statement. But yep. I also don't think that you're going to risk losing your title, your streak, 
your your status over that. No, I, I completely, I completely am with you. So funny enough, even though we do have some different bets on the board, you and I kind of circling similar ideas for these fights. But you know what? This this is a good card. This is five or six uh, fights deep, where it's it's a pretty good card. So and it's in Madison Square Garden, so it doesn't get much better than that. So there's UFC 281. Those are our picks there. Gambler, thank you so much for your tease of the week. Thank you so much for your mixed martial arts thoughts, and we hope you have fun losing money this weekend. Absolutely. I, I hope that we're back this week, back oh, with the back. Uh, with the W and those, uh, like you said, logs on the fire. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly be back the week after. Stay toasty, my babies. Recap. Okay, it's recap time. So let's get into it. A lot of picks. I'll try and go quickly here. I have the Miami Dolphins minus three and a half. I also have the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three with a little sprinkle on the money line plus 125. I also have the Bears Lions over 47 and a half in a, in a number so good, you know I'm definitely going to lose on it. Then my two game 6.5 tees at minus 130 is the Dallas Cowboys plus one and the Philadelphia Eagles minus four. The Panzerati Prince, he likes the Giants minus four and a half and Indy plus six and a half. Charlie Chalk, he likes Chicago minus two and a half, and he likes Las Vegas minus four and a half. Now, Vegas, Indy, same game, two different lines. Why is that? Use our sponsor, Betstamp. We saw both lines on there. Both were available. You could have had four and a half if you like the Raiders and six and a half if you like the Colts. See, gambling, you know, make it work for you a little bit here. Then the gambler, speaking of gambling, likes a three-game nine-point tease at a plus 160. He likes Seattle plus nine, Pittsburgh plus nine, and Philadelphia minus four and a half. For the UFC... We both like Poye, even though the gambler likes Poye inside the decision at plus 115, whereas I like him via decision at plus 300 and over 1.5 rounds at minus 135, which I think we both are on the page for. Then Jay Willie, I have via KOTKO at plus 120 and under 4.5 rounds at minus 120, whereas he, the gambler also likes Whaley inside the decision at plus 115. It's kind of the same page there. And then for the main event, I have Izzy via decision at plus 125, and over the two and a half rounds at minus 125, whereas the gambler likes Izzy minus 200 on the money line, the over two and a half rounds at minus 200, and does not go the distance at plus 120. Wow, that's a lot of bets. Got it? Good. Record check. Okay, for the record check, I'm going to get to the good stuff first. Let's start with me, because I had a winning record. I lost on the Green Bay Packers, though. That is one of the more regrettable Stupid losses I'm going to have all year. There's a few teams that I have in the burn buck, like a mean girl style bean burn buck, excuse me. And and I just, I they're done to me. I'm never going to be betting on them ever again this season. This sucks. This one hurt. They lost to the Detroit Lions. Not only, not only, I thought minus three was so low, they lost to them straight up. So that sucks. But I did win in Chicago plus five and a half. And I won on Seattle plus two, as I have been for weeks now. And I also won on their money line plus 115. I also won on my two games, six and a half point tees, minus three and a half with Washington and Baltimore, both actually making it look pretty good. So three and one week for me. Also who won last week was Charlie Chalk. He split it minus, uh, he was one and one last week, excuse me. He won with uh, New England minus five, but lost with Miami because I had Chicago and uh, one of us had to win and it was me, too bad. Panzeri Prince, he went 0-1-1 with the Minnesota bet being a loss and the Atlanta bet being a push. The gambler didn't win his tease of the week, unfortunately. The Bills lost straight up, even though he moved the line six points. Uh, only Bills had to win by five, but they lost straight up, so that killed the tease. So that's it for that. Now over to at Losing Money WAB. That's our free daily picks that we put on Twitter, on Instagram, and Betstamp. We went two and two. So that's no units whatsoever. No, lo- no losing, no winning. Isn't, isn't that funny how that works? There you go. You can go all that time and zero and zero. But you know what? We are very up on the season right now for the NFL. So we hope that continues. And the UFC in the dark times of COVID, not that that's over or anything, 
really did well for us. So I'm glad to have that back in Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a great fight night. So I hope we win money on that one as well. But please, until then, subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WAB on either Twitter or Instagram, wherever you decide to waste your time. Also, download the BetStamp app and tell them Losing Money with Andrew Bascom sent you so you can help support the podcast by using the promo code LMWAB. We'll be back next Friday to talk about, guess what? The NFL! Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!